We'll take a moment off for testimonies tonight and do some questions that we have here, some questions and answers. Um, so if you have a testimony, let's get started with that. Bear with me, I had a note on here. I was hoping that Pastor asked us for a testimony. Um, so I, okay, here we go. I just had written a couple of notes this morning that the Lord was just encouraging me, and I um, thank the Lord so much for the message, Pastor Brian. Um, but I was driving home from Kenosha last weekend. It was a Friday night. I was visiting one of my friends there, and I just really wanted to give a testimony about a few faithful members in this church. And um, Cliff and Joyce, you just really, it's such a testimony to me. You're, um, you're a ministry here. And when Cliff said that today, during the offering, um, that hit me so hard because I said to the Lord, please reward their faithfulness to this ministry and to us because, you know, we lost someone very dear in the fall. And if you guys moved away, that'd be a, like, a, it would be hard for us. And so I just really thank you so much for your drive. Um, when I made that drive the other night, it was so long. It was so, you know, it's such a long freeway. And so we really are thankful. Brian goes like about half that for work every day. And so, you know, we're really thankful this church is for what you guys do. So I wanted to mention that. Um, and thank you for Cliff sharing that about the um, pressure that they put you in Arizona. <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted to share was about um, Aunt Mickey. Um, we work out at the Y together with Michelle a lot, and we have such a good time. And um, <laughs> we will sing some of the secular songs that we know when they come on the bike, and we'll be like joking around. But, you know, she's just a testimony to me, and I just really appreciate her. And um, my boys have really just gotten even closer with her since we've been working out at the Y together. And it's just a beautiful thing um, Brian and I were talking about to see um, their bond with her. And um, I just praise the Lord for that. And then the last one was um, Charles, um, which there he is. <laughs> um, somebody had mentioned this recently, but he is at every single ministry. And we all know what that means. And it just is such encouragement to me. This morning he was here before all of us. He had everything on, all the guitars unmuted. And I didn't see any of him. I was like, who did this? You know, and he was behind the scenes. And they said, well, Charles, I said, Charles isn't even here. Who did it? And they said, well, Charles is here. And I should have known. And I just really want to say thank you to you, Charles. And it's not unseen by us, but also especially not by the Lord. And um, you've been so faithful through all the suffering. We can't help but be faithful ourselves because you lost her. We lost her too, but um, we're just so encouraged by that. And so mm -hmm. I just wanted to say thank you. Amen. Praise God. Any others to share testimony tonight? We'll take two more. Charmon? Is that so you can talk longer? Is that? Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Who's next? Well, mine is really short. Um, I just want to thank God for um, allowing us to... Um, still be as a family and just um, being able to have me and Trevor celebrate six years of marriage this year, Amen. starting a new, new year off with that. And then just celebrating five years, Alex just turned five on Wednesday. So just really thankful and just him um, blessing our finances. I mean, it's not exactly where we want, but it's, I'm, I'm still blessed and I'm thankful for where he have us at right now. Praise God. Um. I was trying to find a verse, but I couldn't oh. find any. Um, but I will be quick as I can be. <laughs> but um, just, um, and I got tissues, so don't worry. Um, but definitely want to thank the church for 
their um, prayers and just being sweet communion. I thought about that especially um, for a while. Sweet communion, as we all say, definitely lives up to the name. And uh, my coworker the other day was like, I love your church. She, and she only came here <laughs> during the funeral. But she's like, I just love your church. Now she's met, she's met Heidi, she's met Pastor, she's met my dad. So she's met certain individuals. But even those short encounters, she's like, you have a great church. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I have, it's like, it's a lot to say about that. But um, something my dad said during watch night was, honestly, like, if it wasn't for the Lord and if it wasn't for I had tissue. <laughs> Thanks, that. <laughs> there he goes again. <laughs> um, being faithful. Um, honestly, like, I would be a total mess. I've never been depressed to the point that you hear people of the world be depressed, and I never you know, had thoughts of, like, giving up or anything. And I can see why people get that far, but that's why at the end of the day, even if you, um, you can listen to music, you can definitely read different books, you can have your family nearby, but Jesus is, like, the ultimate answer. <laughs> I'm good. But it's tears of joy, honestly, because like every day is different. Every day is a struggle. Every day is a reminder. But God is good and I have the best friends in the world. I'll text them and I don't really want to, but have to get it out somehow. And I don't want to name too many people individually because everybody in their own way has been a great source of support and comfort. And, um, and you definitely know who you are. And I've definitely thanked those people individually in person. But to wrap it up, I do thank God just for the testimony of my mom and the strength of my dad and even the craziness of my brother, um, even him, because I didn't know how he would take it. and. He's taking it his way, but I'm glad it hasn't led him to do anything crazy. And I just thank God for um, just who he is in the whole situation because it could get, it could have been, it could be a lot worse as far as just dealing with it. But I let the moments come and then I give glory to God because he's still good no matter what. And my mom always said I had big crocodile tears. <laughs> um, but like I said, they're more tears of joy because I feel loved every time I come in here. And nobody makes me feel bad about crying or thinking about her. And I just want to thank God for y'all and everything he's doing, especially for my dad. Because <laughs> he, he said he cries on the inside. <laughs> But I know that he, um, I look at pictures and I'm like, that was a faithful man to a faithful woman. And it's a great testimony that he had then mm-hmm. and that he has now. So. Amen. Amen. Thanks for sharing, sharing that with us. Thank you for 
their testimony, and uh, Brother Cliff is going to close out testimony time. One more. Uh, I want to I wanna thank God for being back here in my church, and people always ask me, and they look at me crazy, like, like uh, they always ask me, well, you know, like Gary and Honey, they want anybody to move to Arizona, because <laughs> they, they, don't, <laughs> they don't have any friends. So. <laughs> but my niece and them, they're asking me, well, uh, Uncle, you're here all the time. Why don't you just move here? I said, look, God planted me in my church. I serve in my church, and I'm going to serve there until I die. I'm not going to move here for, what am I going to do? I went to your church, and people laying on the floor and all of that. So it, it, is, a, it is a blessing. No, seriously. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's, and that's one of the reasons I couldn't think of not coming here for church. So uh, I'm spoiled. What can I say? Blessed. And uh, I just thank God for the faithfulness of his people here, for Pastor and Donna. Mm -hmm. I've been knowing them a lot of years, back mm -hmm. when Pastor had the big glasses on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and carrying Chantel in his arms. And <laughs> Brian and Jeremy were kicking up under the table in the boys' class, and Chantel was <laughs> a little girl. So, I mean, I've been here all, all my spiritual life, and uh, I don't know anything else. And spirituality, to me, is the most important thing in life. I mean, I could go anywhere and get a job. I'm kind of talented. I'm just going to say it. I can, I can get a job anywhere. Uh, but I can't get the love of Christ. Christ goes everywhere. But I, I love my church. I love all you people, everybody here, and the family that God has built here. And it's a strong family, no matter the numbers. Uh, God has, has been faithful to this, to this uh, community. And I'm going to just cut it off. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the Mac one Mac testimony. I want to thank God for my wife. Uh, she sits in the malls with me on Sundays. She comes here and uh, she, her church down there, uh, she had been belonging to for a long time, but uh, she decided, you know, God chose her to come here and uh, she hangs out with me on Sundays. I usually hang out with her, really. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's, it's a blessing. I wouldn't think of anything else but coming here to church and serving the Lord here, where, right where he planted me. So mm -hmm. thank God for that. Well, we're thankful as well as, uh, as Heidi Express. Praise God for your fellowship and for your faithfulness. Praise God for that. I have, a, I have a bunch of questions. I won't we'll just get to whatever we get through. Um, and really these questions are designed uh, for, for discussion. So we like to discuss. When we discuss, what we want to do in our discussion is examine what God says about this topic and what topics we need to look at um, concerning the scripture. It's not about a talk show opinion of mine or yours. It's about discerning what God says and how we can apply the wisdom of scripture to everyday life. That really is what it is. It's, it's one of those practical uh, applications. Um, I remember being in school, we used to have um, um, uh, math problems and, and, and we used to get these, um, these, these uh, what do you just call them? Um, word problems or practical problems. And so it was do, taking your practical um, exercise or application and applying 
the, uh, the sciences to that. Here we apply scripture and what does scripture, how does scripture direct us in the circumstances that these questions bring out. <clears throat> All right. I don't have them in any particular order, but let's take, take this one. Other Christians have said evil things about me behind my back. I've approached them about this several times, yet the problem still continues. At what point do I ignore them even though my feelings are hurt? Let me reemphasize, these questions aren't necessarily something that's going on in this church. This is one of those questions that is given for discussion so that we can see um, what does God require in, in these type of situations. Let me read it again. Other Christians have said evil things about me behind my back. I've approached them about this several times, yet the problem still continues. At what point do I ignore them even though my feelings are hurt? It's a good discussion question because I'm sure they're not the only person that has experienced this. This is something that uh, we have gone through. So what areas, when you hear that, what areas of caution or, or what areas um, need to be addressed and how does the scripture um, address them? Okay, so there's a biblical approach that should be taken. It's the Matthew 18, and let's check to see if that biblical approach is taken. Don't assume that it's taken. She said, I've talked to them several times. But per, uh, you know, uh, check that out a little bit. Explore that with that person. How did you check that out? What did you do to address that? Did you, did you uh, approach that person? And in that process, one of the things that, that um, um, I'll point out as we go through that Matthew 18 process is that second person there as a witness, they witnessed several things. They witnessed the person's response. They also witnessed the issue itself. Is this a petty issue? Is it? Is it a clear sin issue? If it's not a clear sin issue, somebody hurting your feelings is not always a sin issue. Is it a sin issue? They could hurt your feelings by saying you were late at service. Well, that may be true. So is that a sin issue? Well, they didn't say it in a nice way. Okay, well, we can address that. Maybe that's appropriate to address. Have you addressed that in a proper way? Is it a sin issue? If it's clearly a sin issue and that person was not responsive, what should be done? So there's other things that, that we follow to, to, to see if that's in the line. Don't just toss it out, I did everything I should. Let's examine that and see if that is true and have you applied scripture towards that in a proper way. What I find is there's cases where people do not want to apply the scripture to their situation. They don't really want to address it. They want to leave it alone for several different reasons. If it's a sin issue, um, you don't have options to just leave it alone. If it's not a sin issue, um, then you, some, that other person that's called along as a witness can help you discern now what it is you need to do. And when they said, this, um, I've, I've approached them about this several times, yet the problem still continues. Um, so 
what is the problem? And I have to get into specifics. Um, I have a problem uh, counseling and pastoring when I don't have specifics. It, I cannot give counsel without specifics. Uh, so I need to ask questions. Sometimes people are uncomfortable with those questions because they think it's, it's, it's making them defensive. So you shouldn't be defensive. I just want to get to the truth. Uh, when you making me sound like I did the wrong, maybe you did. Not ashamed or afraid to say that. Not ashamed to, to confront that. Let's talk about what it is that's been, being done and the approach that you're taking and whether or not that's the biblical approach. And then we can advise you past that. So um, basically here's an example where you, you want to um, take the biblical approach and see that it's being done. You also want to see if this is a clear sin issue and then how to do that, how, how to address that. Um, so let's, let's um, I'll, I'll leave my comments there, but I want to hear your comments if you have any before we move to a, another. Brian? Yeah, there's an all, excuse me, there's another source, and we have to, is that, is that the biblical approach to take? That person coming to you saying what so-and-so said, is that really the, the biblical approach? And you have to deal with that. Because you could be dealing with gossip. You could be dealing with, with hearsay um, and, and a number of things there. So um, then you go and you address that person. I can't tell you who told me, but I heard you said this. That's not the biblical approach. And so those kind of things um, need to be uh, addressed so that we're dealing with it in the right way. And as you mentioned, when we start to do that, sometimes we uncover other things that need to be addressed and we find out this was a minor issue. There are several other issues that are more important that you mentioned, gossiping, uh, tattling, um, busybody, those kind of things. Um, uh, are some clear sin issues that, that really affect relationships. Human relationships are, are complex, and yet they can be very simple. They can be very simple. The, the solutions to them can be very straightforward. They're complex because we don't always want to, to, to we don't always get at the truth when we talk to each other. We don't always address the truth, and we don't always take the right approach, the biblical approach that we should. So we want to go back and examine some of those things and, and, and see that. So, again, I don't intend to give specific answers because I don't. all I have is a question in front of me. This is not a counseling session. This is just questions and answers. Uh, but oftentimes we need to dig in. We need to ask questions and find out what truly is going on instead of just assuming and your question was was good how did you know how did that come out what's been shared and how's it been shared how do you know that that's factual have you in fact addressed the the right person in this all right Right. Forgiveness is one thing, and we can say you forgive when they ask forgiveness. And here's a case where they won't ask forgiveness, and it may be forbearance. 
for bearing with uh, a, a person um, even when they're wrong. You can forbear and you have to, you have to move on. So um, they asked that in the question, at what point do I ignore? And uh, I, I would say um, it may not be an uh, issue of ignoring um, so much as forbearing, forbearing, um, um, filtering out the nonsense, don't listen to hearsay, don't take hearsay as fact, uh, address the person that's bringing the hearsay. You know, she always looking at you funny. Now, wait a minute. You're leading me into something. And then I heard she said this. Okay. Now we're getting into the hearsay. And that, that needs to be addressed, right? That's common, isn't it? So you have to address that. Now, the problem there is you are accusing, this person that's telling me is accusing this individual of this. And I can address that. I don't want to hear that because you don't know that. You're assuming um, and so I'm not going to act on that, and I wish you would stop sharing that with me. All right. But sensitivity is, is another thing, and, and I think that's important. And I, that's why I mentioned a forbearance here. Uh, give that person room. Um, don't assume uh, something that you don't know, and give them room to, uh, to, uh, to, to be different even if it bothers you. Brother Aaron. There are two sides to tactfulness, and, and we have to be aware and be cautious about. One is tactfulness in the, in the sense of, in the proper sense, is addressing an issue appropriately with wisdom. Um, but what I find that some take tactfulness for um, hiding truth, not speaking frankly, not speaking the truth, um, and that covers up more, that approach can cover up more and bring more trouble into a situation. So I think at, um, Jesus said, let your yay be yay, your nay be nay. Let's be straightforward in communication and appropriate. And we think we can do both at the same time. Now that takes, that is challenging. It's not easy always to do. Um, but I've heard people in the, in the, um, in their objective to be tactful, to speak in, in codes and in phrases that don't mean anything, in fact, are very confusing, very unclear and suggestive, perhaps of even something else. So it's like, what are you really saying? Well, I'm trying to be tactful. <laughs> okay, I understand that, but let's speak the truth. You know, Ephesians talked about speaking the truth in love. So both of those have to come together. Let's speak, speak clearly. Uh, let's speak truthfully, uh, but let's speak appropriately. So those things have to, have to come together as well. All right. Let's go on with another question then. Um, if we've addressed this, then we'll, we'll, we can be quick to answer it. I have a son who is addicted to drugs. He has three children and nowhere to live. He has burned all his bridges and has been kicked out of everywhere else. 
is it God, uh, the godly thing to do to let him come and stay with me and my wife? Is it godly to let him suffer in the streets? All right. Um, this issue is dealing with wisdom and discernment of how to deal with, um, deal with the family situation. What are some of the things that need to be uh, noted here or be of concern here? What, what cautions and how does scripture guide us in this? I'll read it once more for you. And again, as I mentioned with all the other ones, this is not necessarily indicative of a circumstance in our setting, but this is for discussion purposes. I have a son who is addicted to drugs. He has three children and nowhere to live. He has burned all his bridges and has been kicked out of everywhere else. Is it the godly thing to do to let him come and stay with me and my wife? Is it godly to let him suffer in the streets? First question, is it a godly thing to do to let him stay with me and my wife is, is what the, uh, the questioner is asking. That may not be the best thing to do. Um, and that may be, in fact, a, a, a bad thing to do. Um, again, I don't know all the circumstances here, and I'm not going to assume them, but what, what concerns what we have with a person who says, yes, I'm going to bring this person in. What, what, what do we need to be cautious about there? Mm -hmm. Our own walk is to allow anyone into your house to expose yourself to evil. You may be tempted to spoil the Okay, how it affects you personally. All right, somebody else? Okay. protecting your, not only you personally, but your family, those in your household. What else? Okay. It begs the question, is this the help they really need? Is this the help they really need? And we need to ask that question and, and search out the answer. Um, it sounds like they have several issues that need to be addressed. I have a son who's addicted to drugs. He has three children and nowhere to live. Here's an adult parent that has three children. According to this, has an addiction to drugs, so is not being a good parent at all, but now wants to bring their three children into your home. I don't hear mention of their spouse or what that situation is, but wants to bring that into your home. Is this the help that they really need? So that's a good question to ask. What else? Well, he asked that at the end. He says, is it the godly thing to let them suffer in the streets? Right. Right, so they're being pulled by something else. What will other people think? And so you, you want to ask the question, first of all, let's address what God says about this. This person has responsibilities that they have um, shied away from. Um, have they addressed um, their, their drug issue and the issues behind the drug use? So many sinful issues as, as self-centeredness, um, pride, 
um, refusal to listen, refusal to humble themselves before God. Um, those are some of the key spiritual issues there. And uh, if a person, um, I have a uh, biblical principle, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Um, if you're not going to abide in my rules in my house, you're not welcome there. Um, so I would apply that there. So um, the other, biblically, here's what I say. What is that person's greatest need? Let's start off there because it takes wisdom to get is what? Salvation, relationship with the Lord. They can even be clear of drugs and still not have a relationship with the Lord and have we helped them. So how do we help them there? Um, how can we help them there? And what's the best way to help them there? I'm not asking you necessarily to answer that now, but that's a question that needs to be asked and needs to, to be addressed. Is this the help that they really need? Um, keep me. Right. Right. What is their greatest need, and how do I help them to, to reach that need? Um, and so when we're looking at let me just address the biblical principles that you mentioned. Um, you, you made an important reference to widows indeed. Why does Paul reference that? Minister to those who are widows indeed. What is he saying? What principles come out from that, from that statement? Let's just talk a moment about that real quick. What does Paul have in mind in reference there? Okay, has a genuine need and does not have help in that need or a way to address that need, all right? They were faithful. He, he makes a clear implication that there are some who are widows who would be rejected, right? Why? And he gives the reasons why. They weren't faithful. In other words, they, they haven't been doing the things that they should be doing and so now you're not going to take them under your care when they haven't acted in a responsible way to care for themselves or other family members haven't acted to care for, them, care for their own family members the way they should. So those are some of the principles that, that uh, beg, beg a question and, and we need to address and to see that. So um, apply that. Address those issues and... Um, See, is this the way God would have us to handle this situation? So I hope that helps give some direction and clear up some things. Any questions, comments about that? I'm trying not to just answer, but give you the, 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 the principles and questions that need to be asked to help get the answer that you need. certainly do. Um, we can look at um, church discipline and putting that person out for the reason of them um, being beat around by Satan a bit to come to their senses to, to, to come back to God. So um, there's biblical precedent for that very thing. I find when we talk about dealing with family and we talk about parenting that um, Many say they know what parenting is, but when it comes to practical application, 
you have to wonder, you know, what was going through your mind when you did this? One of the things that come to mind is that um, our parenting principles that we have or caring for others is so much different than God's principles in caring for us. And it's as if we have, when we examine it, we have to say, am I better than God? Do I have better ideas than God has when it comes to helping this person see what they need to see and how God would deal with them versus the enabling that we often do uh, for a person? Um, does God actually do that? Would he do that? Uh, and would he, uh, would he invite us to do that? So we, we can see the answer to that is, is no when we look at the biblical principles that you mentioned about caring for widows, those who are in need truly, those who have been faithful, um, and, 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 and how, that, how we can apply that to, to other relationships and in, in, uh, other people in our relationships. If we look at the approach that another um, organization might take, um, what we see that's needed there is discipline and accountability. And sometimes it's very hard for us in our homes to give the right kind of discipline, because again, we think we're pushing them out in the street. No, but to give them the right kind of discipline and the right accountability so that we can push them towards the growth that God wants them to have. Go ahead. Yes, we can help them, uh, show them or point them in the right direction. Um, but you're right. They, that adult needs to take on the adult responsibility. And so um, we can actually cripple when we do things for them that they should be doing for themselves. And that applies in this situation as well. I'm going to make this our last question, so I have to mark which ones we covered, and we'll get back to to um, the other ones that we didn't cover. Any other comments on, on these two? Mm -hmm. First Timothy 5. Verse 9, it starts with. Okay. Any other comments or questions? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now we're getting personal. <laughs> no. <laughs> we love you very much. We love you. And in fact, um, you know, comedy aside, Dealing with a person this way is actually a show of love. And, and he's saying this is what it means to love. And in fact, what, what we, we often skew in our understanding is, um, for instance, in the situation we talked about, if I take this son in and help him and keep him off the streets, that's loving. And I'm actually challenging that. Is that really love? Is that the way God loves? Maybe it's more loving um, to, to help them, even with some tough discipline, to develop, learn, and re personal responsibility uh, on the things they need to be 
a responsible adult. Um, that's, that's the uh, one side. The other side is the spiritual side of it. How can I help them to understand their need for Christ? Maybe God is putting them in a situation that has to humble them to, to point them to Christ. And we snatch them out of that and we give them books here and the places they here and they never really have to look up and face God because we have cushioned them way more than God intended. So it is loving to, to deal with things in the way that God says that we should deal. That's the ultimate love, um, the love that God expressed. It doesn't always look like the world's love. Um, God loved his son, but he had him die on a cross for our good. And he had him endure that suffering and that pain for our good. So um, we, it just calls us to look at love a little differently. Any other comments tonight? Thank you for your questions. We'll continue to pursue this. And again, it's my purpose to pursue it in a, in a, um, in a um, um, discussion-type format so that we can see what's behind um, the questions, what's behind the answers, and how we need to apply God's truth to it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for our time together. We pray that... Um, you would help us and challenge us to apply um, daily living to the scriptures and apply the scriptures to daily living so that we can gain wisdom in living in a way that's pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.